like I said, I get to go through social media with you guys. And what was really funny is somebody pointed out to me uh, that actually at these doors here on that pillar on the other side is actually a sign that says, hey, you want to quit social media? Come join our group. And it's like the Quit Social Media Club or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, and so the, uh, one of the things that uh, I think that everybody in here knows uh, with the knowledge and resources that we have on social media, and it's been around long enough um, that we know that social media can have a lot of um, damaging effects, right? Can have a lot going on um, that is affecting us, that is transforming our brains and the way that we think, the way that we interact, um, the way that we um, communicate. Uh, sorry, my iPad is on low power mode and it keeps turning off on me, and I actually don't know how to change that. So give me five seconds here. There it is, battery, low power mode off. There we go. All right, sorry, thank you. Uh, I like to keep it real. Um, so social media um, has a lot of dangers, has a lot of pitfalls, right? Uh, but it's good for us to kind of go through these things and dissect them and talk about them together and figure out where we fall uh, on the social media landscape. Um, I think this topic bleeds over into a larger picture uh, even of phone use in general, and I, I'll talk a little bit about that tonight too. Um, but I'll give you, give you a little background on myself and my cell phone usage, social media usage, and other addictions. Um, I didn't have cell phones growing up. Uh, that was something that I didn't get until my senior year of high school. Uh, they were basically brand new then. I remember my family getting the first like Nokia brick phone uh, in like 1998. Oh no, I take that back. They had one before that. They had this gray one that you pulled out the antenna and flipped down the bottom part. Um, and I remember the very, <laughs> the very first time I got to use that thing was when I went and saw a James Bond uh, movie at theaters. It was still Pierce Brosnan back then. And uh, on, on the way out, I'm like, I'm like freaking James Bond, man. Flip that out, pull out the antenna. Hey, mom, come pick me up. <laughs> you know, the most James Bond thing that you could do. Um, sorry, microphone's falling off. Um, so I didn't really grow up with cell phones. They were kind of newer to me. Uh, but I got one my senior year of high school, which was the Nokia brick one. And then eventually they, you know, transformed into flip phones. You know, when I first got married, uh, my wife and I were like, okay, we're married, we're adults now, we're going to get our own phone plan. And so we got the T-Mobile Razor phones. I don't know if you guys remember those at all, but they were so cool. You like flip them open and then flip them closed. It was so satisfying. And my wife had like that hot pink one. And we still have it in uh, one of our drawers at home too. Um, uh, so uh, I, I have had phones throughout most of my adult life. Now, if you know me, uh, you know that I have two phones. Uh, and it is for the very reason we're talking about tonight. So one is my smartphone, and then the other is my dumb or basic phone. Looks like a calculator. Cute, yeah, it is cute. Um, uh, and uh, I, have, I am someone who needs to take frequent breaks um, onto my basic phone because 
I feel that pull for myself. Now, I'm not even on social media, but I can still feel the pull of those kind of feelings, those kind of thought processes when I have my smartphone. I'm someone who is very easily pulled into online things, um, and social media was one of those things. And I think that most of us know this pull, right? Most of us know what it feels like to be drawn in or to realize you've been scrolling for so long and you're like, wait, where'd all the time go? Um, If you're on social media, you know from experience that you can just get sucked right in. And a half an hour has flown by without you even realizing it. It's like this weird time vortex uh, you don't even catch until it's already gone. Uh, And that Uh, This is that distraction that we are talking about tonight. Um, Now, it's funny. I went back to the college podcast to hear our last social media talk because this is something that we go over frequently. And I found out as I listened to it today that it actually posted January 26, 2021. So uh, 2022. Where are we? Yeah, we're in 2023. So it was literally like just a year ago that we talked about it. But... It's so important um, that we talk about this because it's something that's very prevalent in our walk uh, with the Lord and in just our lives in general. Um, So uh, Steve mentioned some of these things. If you ever want to go back and listen, um, he's got some great things to say about social media and how it affects mental health. I'll touch on some of those things tonight too. Uh, But uh, he gave some stats and I looked up a lot of stats too and some of them haven't even really changed very much. Uh, And I think that has to do with the awareness of social media and its usage now. You can start to see stats uh, on social media usage are starting to like have this curve downwards, which is kind of cool because I think that means that we're becoming more aware. But I still want to talk about this tonight and give you some of those stats. So in 2012, uh, the average amount of time uh, all ages of people were on social media Uh, was 90 minutes per day. Now, 2012 uh, was when, uh, I I might jump ahead here, but by 2012, more than 50% of the population had owned a smartphone and had access to social media. And then by 2018, more than 90% of the population had access to smartphones and social media. So from 2012 and six years, uh, it jumped from 50% 50 to 90%. Uh, In 2019, people were on social media two hours and 22 minutes per day. uh, That's that's all ages combined. In just the ages of 16 to 24, the average was three hours per day. That's your guys' age group, by the way. 16 to 24 three hours per day. Now, that sounds like a lot, right? We're like, that's crazy. Like, I don't do that. But like I said, it's that time vortex where you just don't even realize it, and it's gone, and you've been on your phone looking at social media or doom scrolling or whatever you you can do on your smartphone, and the time is gone just like that. Um, Steve said this in his last teaching. I'm going to say it again. There's no way you could do something for three hours every day and not have it affect you. You become dependent on that thing, and it is now a part of your life and a part of your routine. Uh, Social media is a huge driving force behind making us feel inadequate because 
people really only post the good things, right? I know there's this new app out there called like Be Real or something, right? How many, I don't, I won't embarrass you, but, uh, uh, you know, Be Real is supposed to be this, you, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you hold the phone and then it takes a picture of what's in front of you and what's at you, is that right? Yeah. And then I've even seen people start to like trick their phone into doing something. So they're like, they're like, oh, it's going to be like this. Got to do it here. And then like run over on this side or whatever. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't understand how the app works, but I have seen people literally trick be real into not being real anymore. Um, and I just find that amusing because that's who we are, right? We want everybody to see the best of us. We want everybody to see, uh, you know, in, in us in our best state, in our best, uh, living our best life, right? Um, uh, a person with their smartphone will pick up and check their phone every three minutes on average. How does any, I want to, I actually wanted to ask this. Does anybody in here not have a phone or not have their phone with them? Nobody. And that's the world. That's just the way it is. We are so dependent on these things now. We are so enthralled by these things. If we leave the house without them, sometimes we have anxiety, right? You're like, I'm going to miss a text. I'm going to miss a call. I can tell you for myself, if I leave the house without my phone, I'm like, oh, I forgot my phone. This is so great. Like, I, I love it. But for most of us, it can give us anxiety. It can give us like a feeling of of FOMO or like something's going on and I need to know what's going on and I can't miss a text or can't miss a call or, you know, whatever it is. We become attached to the hip at these things. Um, in total, the average adult will spend six years and eight months of their lives on social media in their life. How insane is that? When you die there is a very good chance that you will have spent six years of your life total on social media, almost seven, six years and eight months. That is astounding to me. So those are a bunch of stats about social media and about phones. Now, I'd, I don't want to come across uh, as someone who just rants and raves about social media. I do have a pretty... Uh, uh, um, strong stance about social media, and I, I think it has more negative than it has positive, but I do not want to negate the positive. Um, I don't want to take away from what social media does for us, and I want to list some of those things. Some of the positives. It helps us to stay connected, right? We can connect with the world, connect with our job, connect with our friends, connect with our families, um, We've even had people um, who have randomly found and then now attend Ecclesia because they found us on social media, like just by happenstance. It wasn't even like something that they were looking for. They're like, oh, Ecclesia, like, oh, they're at Cal Young. Yeah, I'm going to go. And we, we, you know, get to meet those people. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like Ecclesia on Instagram can be a source for good. Um, Another positive, it can connect with new people with similar interests. You can uh, find people to join worthwhile causes to help other people if you're passionate about something. You know, you can find those groups on social media. 
um, teachings for churches are out there. You can find and listen to different pastors around the world who have really sound, good doctrines and teachings. I like to listen to a couple myself, and uh, social media is a great way to find those. Uh, some people can even ask for help, whether it's physically, emotionally, financially, or spiritually. Um, I, you know, it's funny, I find my heartstrings tugged on the most when I see somebody post that they need help. Um, there have been a couple of people who have been like, I really, I really feel embarrassed about this, but I've hit a really hard time. I've set up like a GoFundMe. Uh, if you want to help me out, that'd be great. Even like, a, like just a buck would be great. Um, but I, I want you to know, like, I'm really embarrassed about this. Um, please don't think less of me, blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm always like, that is so, that's so vulnerable. It's such a cool aspect for them to be able to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm here, and I know my friends follow me. And I, in a way, they're kind of asking their friends for help, even some strangers for help, which can be a very hard thing to do, asking for help, just even in our own lives, right? It's hard for us to just ask for help. Starting a business uh, is huge on social media. Uh, and then the biggest thing that I've experienced uh, in a positive in social media has been something that happened to my wife recently. Uh, if you don't know my wife, she is an avid runner. She is, uh, she's insane. She runs marathons all year, uh, and I run zero miles a year. Uh, she um, went on social media and... Michelob Ultra, yes, the alcoholic beer company, uh, was giving away uh, a trip to New York to run the New York City Marathon. And they pay for your airfare, your hotel, the race entry. You get to meet other uh, racers there, celebrities even. Uh, and then they give you money to, to like eat and live while you're there. Uh, so my wife won. She won that. She posted on social media. Uh, and yes, the irony of her getting hired by an alcohol company and me getting fired for alcohol consumption is not lost on me. Uh, I actually find it very hilarious too. Uh, but uh, she got to go do this really, really cool thing because she uh, engaged in social media and even made new friends on social media and won this contest. It was really, really cool. Now, to the negatives. The negatives of social media, and I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot. The negatives. Uh, your feed, your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed, whatever it is, tailors to you. And that's huge. Because when social media tailors to you, what are they doing? They're trying to draw you in more. You're already on that, uh, by average, statistically speaking, like three hours a day, right? And they're like, we want more of you. That's crazy. They tailor your feed so that way you get interested. Whatever you looked at, good or bad, it will start to tailor those suggested things to you. And you know, when I say bad, I know this because I had a friend who was struggling with pornography addiction. And I was asking him how I could help him, what I could do. And he goes, dude, even social media is hard for me. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, look at my feed. And his feed was like filled with just half naked ladies on there. And it was on Instagram. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like they, they knew how to get him, how to ensnare him and what they needed to do. And so I, you know, eventually told him like, it knows you already. You need to like cut it off. 
Um, so it tailors to you. Your social media can persuade you to one side of an issue or another, depending on your social media interests. If you're looking at one side of a political aisle, it suggests all content for you know, the left or the right, whatever side you're kind of feeding into. Um, and I know this firsthand as well. Someone sent me a video from a pretty strong uh, Republican influencer slash celebrity. And the next time I went back on YouTube, my feed was filled with like hardcore Republican, alt, you know, alt-right, whatever stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? Like I watched one video of this guy and then it's like YouTube's like, oh, you must be a Republican, a hardcore Republican. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to talk about Democrats and Republicans tonight, but what I am saying is it knows you. And I watched one video, and it's like, oh, this is you then. I'm like, no, it's not. But it will try to draw you in, right? Um, it knows what you were watching, and it knows how to try to keep you on that platform a little while longer. Another aspect, sorry, just splashed my face. Another aspect is loneliness. Um, if you guys were at the uh, fall retreat, I talked about this a little bit. Your generation, which you guys, are you guys all Gen Zers here? Yeah? Your generation, Gen Z, is literally called the lonely generation. You guys are called the lonely generation. That's not supposed to be a diss, but... That's just what they're calling you because your generation is the one that has the most social media influence in your life. Um, it's amazing how we can be the most connected globally that humanity has ever been in history, and yet this is the most disconnected we felt personally. We can be so connected globally and so disconnected personally. We've lost a lot of human-to-human -human interaction and connection um, in 2020, the suicide rate spiked hard when the world went into lockdown. And even though we could basically still stay in touch with anyone we wanted to, we there were still so many people who felt lonely and isolated and like they had no friends, even if they were connected on social media. Uh, even just from the uh, stats I was talking about before, uh, from 2012 to 2008, sorry, 2012, to 2018, uh, polls had been taken, and they noticed that the feeling of loneliness in a graph spiked during that six-year period. Social media can feed into your anxiety. Social media can lead to depression or a feel of uh, inadequacy. Uh, it can feed into body image. There are so many filtered images, it's hard to differentiate what's real and what's not anymore, right? Um, relationships on social media. You can see people posting about the relationships and can make you feel inadequate in that. Like, why have I not found my someone yet? It affects your self-esteem. It affects your ability to pay attention. It affects your ability to think independently because, like I said, it will start to tailor your feed sometimes. And like I said, you know, what happened with me, I got all these hardcore right people. And as you, if you follow down that rabbit hole, Sometimes you end up thinking radically that way because that's what's feeding into you. You can get angry. I know a lot of people close to me who get angry when they read what's going on in social media. Now, this can extend into smartphones, right? We can have 
without social media, you can just be on the news doom scrolling. You can be constantly checking your email. And that may sound boring to a lot of you. You're like, email, that's dumb. But um, it's one that in the business world has a lot of attention and addiction to. Uh, if you guys ever watched the uh, documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, it, the, the main speaker of The Social Dilemma documentary is the guy who helped start Twitter. And he now uh, goes across the world talking about how Twitter is actually uh, detrimental to us instead of helpful like he originally thought it was when he started to build it. And one of his things he talked about was the smartphone and checking his email. And what he talked about, he made the comparison that when he's checking his email, he's refreshing, right? He keeps refreshing, scrolling, uh, swiping down to refresh. And what that is comparative to is a slot machine. When you're pulling that lever, you are hoping for something to come up, right? You were hoping for that jackpot of a new email or something exciting because what it does is it triggers your brain to release a little bit of dopamine. So as you're refreshing for new things, and I find myself doing that too on my smartphone, is if I'm in my news feed, I'll go to my news, I'm like, I've seen that, read that, read that, read that, and I'm like, refresh, hoping for something new to come up, and sometimes it doesn't, and then I just turn off my phone, I'm like, well, I guess I'll check back in, what is it, three minutes? Um, so it's that, it's that lever. We're hoping for something new. We're hoping to get that dopamine kick. Now, when we look at things in this world, most things in this world that God created aren't created to be evil, right? Most of the things of this world God has given or allowed, and we, as humans, have either twisted those things to be something bad for us, or they have sometimes become an idol. Some other examples, money. Money's not bad, right? But if you start to covet it, if it starts to consume your thoughts, if it starts to take more of your focus off of him and put your focus on it, then it's gone too far in your mind. You've started to covet it, right? You've started to obsess over money. Sex. Within the confines of marriage, as God created it to be, it's a wonderful thing for two people in marriage to share together and be close together in oneness. But again, we as humans have perverted that, right? Almost everything falls into this. Um, housing, clothes, cars, jobs, status, etc. These are all great. Uh, but again, once you start to focus on these things and if they consume you, then it's time to reevaluate. Social media can be great. We look at all the pros, but the cons can seem daunting. So how do we weigh out the pros and cons when it comes to social media? If you guys are note takers, I'm going to give you just a few things here. And if not, you can just listen. It's totally fine. How can we weigh out the pros and cons when it comes to social media personally? Number one is we need to evaluate. We need to evaluate. Philippians 4, verse 8 says... Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, the New King James Version says, meditate on these things, which I actually like that verbiage better. Meditate on these things, because the original translation 
talks about, you know, if we say the word think, think about this. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to think about it. Okay, yeah, I thought about it. But to meditate on something means to actually take the time and to constantly think about these things. This verse says constantly think about whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, any of excellence, anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. Something will be blaringly obvious uh, what we shouldn't be doing if we are using this verse as a measuring stick. Philippians 4 verse 8 is a measuring stick. When you have something in your mind, when you have something you're thinking about, if you are questioning that, take it to this measuring stick. Is this thing that I'm thinking about true? Is this thing that I'm thinking about honorable? In God's eyes, is this just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is there any excellence? Is this worthy of praise? Philippians 4.8 is a measuring stick to be able to measure those thoughts against and being able to evaluate. Others may be more subtle uh, and will require you to be honest with yourself. And then in that honesty, you need to, number two, decide. If you are honest with yourself, you'll know exactly what it is you need to cut out. Now, if you need any reassurance, I'll let you know, I am someone who has to do this constantly. Uh, because I'm really good at telling myself I'm doing good, right? I think that you guys uh, may be able to uh, assess yourself in that way too. We're like, no, 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 I'm doing good. I, I don't need this. Which is like, <laughs> sounds like a real addict, right? Like, no, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm fine. Um, but I know for myself, I'm really good at telling myself I'm good. Uh, and one example is what I was talking about with phones. I switch between my smartphone and basic phone a lot because I will tell myself I'm doing good. I literally just had a conversation with Zach uh, uh, two Sundays ago where I'm like, bro, I think I'm going to switch back to my smartphone. And he's like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. He's like, stick with, the, stick with the basic phone. And it's because like, we're good at convincing ourselves that we're doing fine. Um, I know it drives my, uh, <laughs> I know it drives my iMessage friends crazy when I switch. It drives my Android friends crazy too because I can't get pictures and I can't laugh at funny memes or gifts that they send me on my basic phone, um, and I can't do group texts. And I literally had one of my, f I'll do air quotes, one of my friends, uh, tell me, you can't do group texts on this thing. Guess our fun group text with our other friends is dead now. I was like, geez, dude, like, I thought, I thought you wanted what's best for me, right? I'm like trying to make a, um, I'm trying to evaluate and decide of an action that would help me, right? Now, I want to encourage you guys, you, wanna, you want to have people around you who are going to encourage you to do the right thing. My example of Zach telling me, hey, man, like, I think that you could keep going. You could stick this out. That's the type of person that you're going to want in your corner. You want someone who is going to say, hey, I want what's best for you. I think you should keep going. If you think that you need to make this decision, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you all the way. And not somebody like my buddy who said, like, oh, I guess we're never texting again. You know, he's trying to, like, guilt me into that. You don't want people who are going to guilt you in your life. Surround yourself with people who will encourage you to change 
if you want to change. So number one, evaluate. Number two, decide, which leads to number three, act. Social media or smartphone addiction could be something that's really tough to overcome. And we know that in this world, right? Even if there's like a poster on the U of O campus saying, hey, you want to quit social media? We'll help you. It's become this like addiction thing. Like, hey, you want to quit gambling? Call this number. Hey, you want to quit smoking? You know, get a nicotine patch. You want to quit social media? Come join our group. You know, it's uh, Social Media Anonymous or whatever. It's, it's, it is well known in the world now that social media has a lot of downfalls. Um, so with any addiction, it takes time to change your habits. And if there's something that you can't deal with, cut it out of your life. Like I said, there's lots of pros, and, it, and it may, like I'm trying not to just rail on social media, but I think that there are a lot of cons and a lot of effects in our lives. And if it is something that you need to cut out of your life, do it. If you need to delete your social media, do it. I've been off since 2015, and I can honestly tell you I've never looked back. I went back on in 2019 to start a business, um, and I noticed that in that business, I was then doing the exact same thing. I was like, how many likes did this post get? How, you know, where's my affirmation? Where's my validation? And I had to be like, I guess I got to delete this business account too, because I had to evaluate myself. I had to be honest with myself, and I had to be real. And I knew that my brain cannot handle that very well. It ensnared me. And guess what? I even had to switch back to, you know, I told you how I have to go back and forth between my phones. I've done that like a hundred times. Uh, <laughs> I, I did it this weekend. I'm just being, oh, my, one of my goals is to be transparent and honest with you guys every time I'm up here talking. Um, I had this uh, opportunity where I was in, opportunity is weird. Uh, I was in a group text <laughs> this last weekend talking about the Super Bowl, and even in just iMessage, I'm not on social media, even in iMessage, I made a joke, and I was just like sitting on my group text phones like, all right, when's somebody going to ha-ha this text? When's somebody going to laugh at this joke? And I've like waited forever, and one person ha-ha, and I'm like, one person? Come on. Like, I could get more ha-has than that, but that's, that's me, you know? I, I know where I am, and I know how susceptible I am. Sometimes you have to disable your phone. Sometimes you have to disable social media no notifications. Uh, sometimes you have to use the screen time timer, right? Everybody has that. And, and when that first came out, everybody was like, oh, yeah, this is sick. I'm going to be so great now. And then we're always like snooze or like yeah. swipe away. Oh, I hit my screen time limit today. Guess I'll try again tomorrow. And it's like because I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm in bed now. It's game over. So... You know, we all, everybody laughs because we all do it, right? We're all like, swipe away that timer, even if you have good intentions. Sometimes it means you need to turn off your phone. Sometimes it means you need to put your phone in another room. I, uh, there, I read an article about a guy who went to therapy because he had smartphone addiction. And the uh, therapist said, you need, to start put, you need to start putting your smartphone into a safe when you go to bed. And so he did it. And it changed his life. It really did. Because he had to take drastic measures. 
Romans 12, verse 4 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to have a renewal of our minds. The new stat says that it takes 30 days to break a habit, but then it takes 60 more days to keep the new habit. 30 days to break a habit, and then an additional 60 days to start the new habit. That's 90 days total. That's a lot of work. And we are in a culture that doesn't want to wait that long, right? We want our food, and we want it now. We want everything to be quick. We DoorDash. We, we go, you know, uh, deposit a check via your phone. You're like, I'm going to do it now. And so thinking about 90 days is like, I can't do anything for 90 days, you know? That's crazy, but it takes work. It takes a renewal of the mind. Ultimately, you guys, it comes down to answering these questions. Is social media keeping you from having a true, fruitful relationship with God? Is social media distorting your view of reality and who, uh, who God has made you to be? Is social media making you more envious of others? Is social media making you feel like you don't add up to the rest of the world? Is social media making you more reserved from engaging with others and with friends? Evaluate for yourself if social media has entered your life in a way that is no longer beneficial but has become detrimental and distracting. As followers of Christ, we need to make sure that he is number one. We can trick ourselves so easily into thinking, oh, this, this, this isn't number one in my life. You know, I'm just on it. But if it's three hours a day, it kind of speaks differently, right? We need to make sure that he is number one in our minds that he is number one in our hearts, that we are devoting our time to him, that he has our full attention, that we are looking at ourselves through his eyes. You guys, I want to encourage you, if you are going through a time in your life where you don't feel like you measure up, that you don't add up, that you don't look like the rest of the people on social media, that you don't have the things that these people have, I want to encourage you, that's not how God sees you. That is not how God sees you. I had uh, a moment recently where I was um, watching, I think his name's Mr. Beast on YouTube. And I was like, dude, this guy has like all the money in the world and he's giving it away. And I was at one point, I was like, this is so cool. And I was like, man, my life sucks. <laughs> like, like, he, like he does so much more for good for people. He has all this money and doesn't keep them for himself. You know, so, so they say, but I, I, you know, who, who really knows? I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to drag Mr. Beast through the mud. All I'm saying is I was looking at my own life through his eyes, through social media's eyes, through what YouTube says, this is how you measure up. So are you looking through social media's eyes or are you looking through God's eyes? And 
If you are here and you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with him, know exactly the same thing. You have been fearfully and wonderfully created in his image. He wants to have a real relationship with you. Don't look for your self-worth through the world's distorted eyes online. Look at your worth through his because he loves you and he wants to walk with you and he wants to tell you that he loves you. Come to him tonight and lay your burdens at his feet. You guys, I, I tried my very best to not make this sound like a rant against social media, but what I want you guys to do is exactly those three steps is to look at your life and say, how much am I on social media? How much of this do I need to cut out? What do I need to limit? Evaluate yourself, decide, and then act. And if you do, you won't regret it. I promise you, you will feel that fullness back in your life.